podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They were good in the 1950s, winning the 1955 league title. They were decent in the 1970s with a strong cup team and again in the 1990s. But finally in 2003, Chelsea burst onto the scene and truly became a big club winning a handful of Premier League titles a hatful of domestic cup and of course two Champions Leagues I'm Jake from What If Football and this is Ranked the 38th episode of Ranked and we are ranking the 50 greatest Chelsea players let's get stuck in so of course this is officially a sports social podcast network production Featuring me, Jake Doyle, featuring What If Football and our new home for the podcast feed and our three days a week content with Ranked every Tuesday, Not His Nostalgia podcast every Wednesday, and of course the Barclays Charter in the Premier League from its inception in 1992 every Friday. And if you are enjoying these podcasts, if you are new to this uh, show, keep your ears peeled because we are also on Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash football for five days a week content for just the price of a pint of milk, let's say, one pound a month, every month. We will provide head-to-head podcast, great games podcast, bunch of your what-if situations in a lovely little mailbag, and of course, previewing and reviewing the week's action through the top five leagues, as well as also on YouTube, if you know us. We do what if alternate scenarios over there on YouTube. So if you've not heard of us before, get stuck in there on the YouTube and give us a lovely subscribe. So without further ado, let's rank the 50 greatest Chelsea players. And at 50, we have Willian. Might have probably, well, might have probably got a really bad rap at um, his time at Arsenal, didn't he? And, and a tiny bit late on at Chelsea, but in his prime between 2015 and 2018, he was. Fantastic in that inside right position, especially in the 2016-17 season where, of course, Chelsea won the league under Antonio Conte. That goal that sticks in my mind was that special counter-attack goal against Man City at the Etihad. Um, He's got a couple of goals in that semi-final against Spurs as well. The free kick, very special in that same season, scoring twice in that game. Probably had his best return in that almost double winning season. Almost won the lot, really, with um, the European honours eluding him to an extent there. The FA Cup won, of course, the uh, year after against uh, Manchester United. Number 49, Tommy Baldwin. And speaking of Arsenal to Chelsea, Chelsea to Arsenal. Tommy Baldwin went to Chelsea in a part exchange in 1966 with a certain Arsenal legend you might know as um, George Graham. Of course, Baldwin was part of the Chelsea team that got to the 1970 FA Cup final and the Cup Winners' Cup final the year after Baldwin played in both of those. Number 48, David Luiz, and uh, let's say a love-hate relationship with uh, him and the Chelsea fans can be erratic, to say the least, across any club, really, that you uh, see him in PSG, Arsenal, especially in Chelsea. But for Chelsea, he probably had his best time of his career, led the defence in the 2012 Champions League final in the absence of the suspended John Terry and Branislav Ivanovic would return to win the league after a short time of getting rinsed by Luis Suarez at PSG to win the league, the cup, of course, and um, the Europa League, unfortunately, was at Arsenal by the time they won the Champions League again. So not a two-time Champions League winner for Chelsea, unfortunately. 
Number 47, Marcus Alonso, signed just in time as Antonio Conte's left wing back, as was a bit of a troubled spot for Chelsea after the departure of Ashley Cole, who was the uh, the mainstay there for a couple of years, wasn't he? Well, almost a decade. And for me, in that 3-5 or 3-4-3 that Conte played, Alonso was arguably one of the more important cogs in that team, loved a free kick. I remember one especially against Spurs at Wembley, not in the free, in, not in the FA Cup that we discussed, but the, uh, the league game, which was one of his, uh, may have been his first goal for the club, but it was f- suitable really for what he had become. He's kind of flitted in and out of the team, but when Thomas Tuchel returned, when Thomas Tuchel came back to management, he was also back in the squad more often than not than uh, summer signing Ben Chilwell. Number 46, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and simply put one of the most prolific scorers in Chelsea's Premier League time really, pre-money of course and pre-a certain man who's further down this list. Hasselbank joined in 2000 after a year away from England of course, had that two year, two or three year spell at Leeds didn't he, um, went away to La Liga and to Atletico Madrid and returned, hit the ground running, improved on those tallies from the Golden Boot season in 99 with Leeds, he's got 23 in the 2000-2001 season to win the Golden Boot again and uh, scored 23 the following season and for a while in between the hugely successful cup team of the 90s and obviously the the moneyed team of the 2000s where they've become the best team really in terms of trophies in England. In a lean spell, Hasselbank alongside Ida Good Johnson as well carried Chelsea here and the sheer goals propped them up really. Um, Ida Good Johnson's just missing out on the, um, this list. Number 45, Graham Lasso. Graham Lasso had two stints at Chelsea, of course. Um, a stalwart left back for the club. Part of their return to the top flight in the late 80s and early 90s. And, of course, went away, won the uh, league title at Blackburn, got involved in a fight in Moscow, of course, on the pitch. Um, and then returned to Chelsea to become part of the wonderful cup team in the 90s. And, unfortunately, left the club before they became hugely successful in 2003, four-ish. And... Um, Despite winning the league at Blackburn, Lasso was probably more well known for his time at um, Chelsea and was probably getting the majority of his England caps whilst he was at Chelsea. Don't quote me on that one, but I think it's true. <laughs> Number 44, Rude Hullett. Um, for Chelsea, player manager, almost won the football a year whilst playing. I think he was just edged out by Eric Cantona in the 95-96 season or maybe the 96-97 season. Can't remember off the top of me uh, knocking there, but um, obviously then... Hullet would become manager, won the FA Cup for Chelsea in 97, re- truly really built the foundations for Viali to win the League Cup in 98 and the Cup Winners' Cup in 98. Um, Rude Hullet was sacked in between League Cup semi-final legs in 98, unfortunately, and of course would go on to Newcastle to alienate Alan Shearer. Uh, 43, Jimmy Greaves didn't last long, a bit like Rude Hullet really, but what an impression really um, was at Chelsea four years um, enough for him to become the then second highest scorer in the club's history behind um, would have been Bobby Tamblin, I think, perhaps. Um, maybe Peter Osgood, who knows, there were similar times. And of course he would go to Spurs in his pomp, in his peak. Uh, maybe if he stayed at Chelsea, he would have been, well, inarguably the greatest scorer in the club's history. 42, George Mills, another Chelsea player with a ridiculous goal record, 125 goals in 239 games. He's firmly in the top 10 scorers for Chelsea. Just about falls short of the uh, 
1955 league winners though his career was unfortunately ended by World War II did play for the club until 1943 in the uh, in the War League. Ray Wilkins, number 41, and might have not have won anything for Chelsea, but was ultimately a servant to the club on and off the pitch into the Premier League times as, as he was on the bench, really, and I simply could not really have a Chelsea list without this man being on it. Number 40, Kerry Dixon, and in similar vein to Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, really, Dixon would prop Chelsea up with a daft amount of goals in what was a very lean period for Chelsea when Dixon played there? It was the mid-80s, early 90s. They were bouncing between the divisions at the time. His goals, he's got 193 of them, which is a ridiculous amount. Then the second highest scorer, definitely behind Bobby Tamblin, then um, puts Chelsea back into the top flight of his goals. And without him, maybe they're not where they are now. Who knows? 39, Eddie McCready and left-back of the superb cup team. 410 appearances, an absolute servant to the club and probably one of the more more underrated players at the club in what was, at that point, their most successful team ever. 38, Roy Bentley, captain of the 1955 title winners. Superb amount of appearances, 367 also banged in 150 goals from out wide and obviously one of the better players of his generation for the club and that was Chelsea's only league title for quite some time afterwards. 37, John Obi McKellen. For John longevity's sake, McKellen's probably been through it all at Chelsea. He's signed controversially, <laughs> snapped away from Man United despite that press conference where he's wearing that Man United shirt. One of the few players really that has won everything at Chelsea. Not really a flair player, obviously, just there, a successor to Claude Makélélé, and he allowed his, really, as a firm six, allowed for an expansive Chelsea midfield for, of course, Frank Lampard, and then you've got Deco, you've got Michael Ballack, of course, Michael Essien to a certain extent as well, in a time where Chelsea were very, very successful. 36, Paolo Ferreira, ultimately at the vanguard of that Chelsea team back in the day, in Mourinho's first days, went with him from Porto in the summer of 2004, off the back of winning the Champions League in Portugal. Ultimately, at the end of his time, did have competition from Jose Bosingua. And for me, it's hard to believe that Paulo Ferreira was there for the Champions League final in 2012, the Europa League final in 2013. That would be his final uh, match day squad for the Portuguese right back. So he saw everything at Chelsea in a way. His um, time slightly curtailed by Jose Bosingua coming into the club, though. Um, but ultimately at the time, one of the better right-backs in the division, you might say. 35, Dennis Wise, one of the main men throughout the 90s, a pest at the best of times. Um, obviously, part of the 90s Cup team took um, Chelsea up to the Premier League, of course, for its inception in the early 90s, and was just one of those midfielders that just wind you up, and for the time, perfect for Chelsea, as was number 34, Marcel Desailly, and this was around the time where Chelsea were buying some top-class premium players. He fit right into uh, the defence alongside Frank LeBeuf. Two World Cup winners from 98, of course. Desai would join after that World Cup win in uh, home soil there for France. A two-time Champions League winner as well. Let's not forget with Marseille and Milan back-to-back. He just about missed the Cup team of the 90s of joining at mere months after the League Cup and the Cup Winners' Cup Finals of 98, but was definitely a thread through the team in the lean periods like Hasselbank to the to the Mourinho team when he uh, when he ultimately left in 2004 one of the best um Premier League centre backs of his time you may say 
Number 33, Joe Cole. And as a Manchester United fan, some of his goals haunt me. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was scoring that fantastic goal in the 3-0 win that won Chelsea the league in 2006. The superb bit of skill to turn the thunderous shot into the top corner. You've got his 2010 back heel at Old Trafford again, which the way the points went ultimately decided the title race, didn't it really? It would go through a resurgence. Seven years at Chelsea, a bit of injury worries in the middle of it all, but uh, won the lot at Chelsea. Bar European honours really left just as the uh, Champions League would roll in, the Europa League would roll in. And one of my favourite players, despite the teams that he played for, really is skillful, he's fantastic. And on BT Sports, shows a lot of insight, which um, you might not necessarily glean from him and seeing him as a footballer really which may be harsh on him really number 32 Charlie Cook a very successful six years at Chelsea as a winger obviously part of that um, 70s cup team played for the club between 66 and 72 and then liked it so much he came back in the uh, mid 70s and the same applies for number 31 Alan Hudson he was in the squad for the 70s cup run came back at a later date in the 80s born and bred near the ground grew up on King's Road, everything he was Chelsea through and through and was part of the inaugural fantastic Chelsea team, really. Number 30, Nemanja Matic, a brief first stint, um, to say the least, but uh, the Serbian's return is what places him so high in this list or what places him in this list at all. He was dredged back by Jose Mourinho to win Mourinho's last Premier League title at Chelsea and was arguably the most important part of that team. Obviously, he had Cesc Fabregas alongside him, another Another sign in that summer and he was just, Matic was the key to that Premier League title win and he was there um, for the following Premier League title win in 2017. Less influential though um, for the Conte win before obviously departing for Manchester United joining of course Jose Mourinho there. Number 29, a teammate of Matic's, Thibaut Courtois and hugely successful when he returned off that seemingly never-ending loan from Atletico Madrid. He was he was the goalkeeper for the Premier League wins in 2015 and 2017. Obviously won a couple of cups sprinkled in there as well. The Europa League in 2019, the FA Cup in 2018. And arguably, going out on a limb, one of the best goalkeepers the Premier League saw, at least definitely of the time, one of Chelsea's best ever goalkeepers won. A ton of trophies, obviously. His time came in between the Champions League wins regardless. Still one of the better ones. Number 28, Michael Ballack, an already talented midfield that Chelsea had at the time, really was packed out with another legend of the game. Ballack scored crucial goals, crucial penalties. I seem to remember the running for the Premier League in 2008, scoring that goal against United. And of course, in the shootout in the Champions League final some weeks later as well. Of course, a part of their most successful teams didn't last too long, but ultimately would sign off with that elusive Premier League title after he came in. When Chelsea, I think he came in after the World Cup in 06, so he would have been... Coming off the back of Chelsea's second title in a row, would have been going for three in a row, and obviously the pressure that comes under for any club, really, as we've seen it with even the best of the best with Pep Guardiola's Man City of recent times. Viewers either side, maybe if he joins early, maybe if he joins later, maybe if he's a bit younger, um, he would be ultimately higher on this list, maybe even top 15, maybe. But 27, Gianluca Viali, the player-manager like Hullet, who brought Cups to the bridge, ultimately... He would be the man who lifted the League Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup. Obviously, this was in in the time, was towards the back nine of his playing career, but a fantastic manager of the time and a superb footballer from what I saw when I was uh, getting my footballing education from watching the telly in 98, 99, etc. 
Number 26, Peter Sillett, one of the best fullbacks of his time, one of the best Chelsea fullbacks, a stalwart for Chelsea for a decade, and ultimately was in the squad for Chelsea that won the league title in 1955. So officially we've got our first 25 out of the way. We'll be back after this short break for the top 25 and some absolute legends of Stamford Bridge. Welcome back. We've done 50 to 26. Let's round things off with 25 of the greatest Chelsea footballers ever. And who else than the man who brought them a Champions League? Not as a player, but as a manager. Roberto Di Matteo, of course, managed Chelsea to their first ever Champions League in 2012. But of course, was part of the 90s Cup team as a player. And of course, it's got that thunderous thunderous goal against Middlesbrough of course an affinity for the time when he won the Champions League and both of as a player and as a manager number 24 we've got Cesc Fabregas of course the assist against Burnley in his very first game which for me is a standout moment for the former Arsenal man again another player going between Chelsea and Arsenal we see there and of course completed the midfield when he joined alongside Nemanja Matic for that Mourinho season would still be there for the Conte season, but less of an impact. A bit like Matic, really, as you see the likes of other players that we're going to discuss um, join the midfield. 23, Mason Mount, putting him in here. Maybe a shade too high, but he played a huge part in the Champions League win. Of course, providing the assist for Kai Havertz and will be a crucial cog in the Chelsea wheel for years to come. Of course, an academy lad, which is... Fairly rare for a Chelsea player in, in these days. 22, Diego Costa. A bizarre time, really. Diego Costa had at had Chelsea in, two, in the two seasons, though, that he actually played profusely for the club. Chelsea won the league, thanks in no part to him. Got his career off at Stamford Bridge. Absolutely phenomenally, really. Um, it was quick to be absent, though, which maybe knocks him down a peg or two in this list, but still has to go down as one of Chelsea's more successful centre-forwards, um, won the league on his own, really, at times, with goals in the Conte season, the Mourinho season, in the mid-2010s, really. And at 21, from the half-generation before that, Ricardo Carvalho, an absolute rock at the back for Chelsea, had a superb partnership with John Terry as Chelsea were on the cusp of that Champions League success of, of course, they would go from strength to strength in the league, winning two league titles in Carvalho's first two seasons at the bridge. Perfect foil for John Terry where in a time where Chelsea would dominate in England, really. He only stayed for six years. Um, this was the best time that Chelsea ever had, though, with the exception, of course, he just missed out on the Champions League in 2012. He would, of course, go to Real Madrid and unfortunately missed out on the biggest honour of the lot that Chelsea held in such high regard at the time because it proved so elusive. A man who was there at centre-half, the number 20, Gary Cahill, and only a Chelsea player for a few months when he was thrown into the deep end for the 2012 Champions League final, a tiny bit like uh, David Luiz as well. Um, he quitted himself well that night, of course. John Terry and Branislav Ivanovic were suspended as we've charted in the David Luiz section of this podcast. And he was part, an integral part of the defence in the league wins of 2015, of 2017. Won it all for the club. He does get often overlooked in their history because he was never, he was never quote-unquote, the man that sent a half alongside John Terry. But neither was Ricardo Carvalho. And I still think we uphold Carvalho in a bit of a higher regard, but 
Gary Cahill, I think, ranks slightly higher than Carvalho. Probably not as good a footballer, but he would win the Champions League with Chelsea and that, I think, has to count for something. And another Champions League winner, maybe a bit of recency bias here, but 19, Jorginho, only one of two, uh, three current players, let's say, one still to be announced, um, that are in this list of perhaps recency bias, like I say, but there were whispers about him perhaps leaving under former manager Frank Lampard, which, of course, now, of course, it seems daft, really, because he's a, a Ballon d'Or contender, won the Champions League for Chelsea. Obviously, the Euros for Italy for his national team helps a, monk, a, a bunch for that particular award. But since Thomas Tuchel come in, is a huge part of the team. Of course, he came in under Maurizio Sarri in what was a semi-lean period for Chelsea. Obviously, the managers don't last too long at Chelsea, so it's hard to split eras sometimes unless it's Conte, Mourinho, and obviously now Tuchel. And he was, he's remained, will be a big part of Chelsea's team, one of the most important parts. Obviously, scores set pieces as well, which is a fantastic way to up your goals and assists, which is the one, one um, where we categorise players and say whether they're good or bad or not. Anyway, number 18, fellow midfielder, Claude Makalele, the man so good he's got a role named after him, and the man that arguably potentially made all of Chelsea's early successes possibly allowed for Frank Lampard, Michael Essie and Drogba the wide men to go forward at will because he was so good in defensive midfield. His signing was probably one of the more crucial ones in the early days when Chelsea were throwing money at absolutely everybody from Damien Duff to Alexis Smirtin to Yuri Zirkov. Claude Makalele was one of the more sensible acquisitions in a time where clubs weren't being as sensible with the influx of new money. Um, Real Madrid for one, who let Makalele go to Chelsea and then that was the downward spiral for them as a Europe-dominating club and also com conveniently coincides with Chelsea rising to fill that void for them, reaching a Champions League final with Makalele still in the squad. Number 17, a, a midfield partner of Makalele is Michael Essie and what a midfielder he was, could do it all, really. The goal against Arsenal will be replayed forevermore, his best goal ever. Obviously still has links with Real Madrid, he moved to Real Madrid afterwards, but for Chelsea he enjoyed the best time of his career easily. I'd say won a lot at Chelsea and deserves to be ranked so highly. Number 16, Steve Clark, and Clark was part of the Chelsea team. Just caught, He just caught the end of it. Of course he would become assistant manager in uh, more recent times but in his playing career he caught the right at the back end of the cup team obviously at the start he would be leading Chelsea through promotions through the cup win so in essence he oversaw the the rise from the lower divisions to not to make out that they're a small club but from the second division to the first division and then ultimately the Premier League to then winning the Cups, winning in Europe again. And of course, as as he saw from the bench, winning the lot and deserves a high place on this list for on and off the field activities. Number 15, Bobby Tamblin. Born exactly, precisely in the wrong time. He would come to the club after Chelsea won the league in 55. He got that one FA Cup title in 1970, which he probably won't have the medal for it. He only played in seven games that season, didn't feature in the FA Cup final squad itself, but he would score 202 goals for the club. He was Chelsea's record scorer for such a long time until a certain someone on the podium in this list broke that record. 
Number 14, N'Golo Kante. That's quite simply one of the best signings in the club's history for the amount of money put into the amount they got back in terms of how much that money meant at the time. 30 million was an absolute, still is an absolute bargain for one of the best midfielders that uh, Chelsea have ever seen, that France have ever seen, that the Premier League's ever seen. He led Chelsea to the Antonio Conte title winning 2017, arguably and one of the only players to win back-to-back league titles with different clubs. I can only think of really... Eric Cantona in 92 and 93, um, but then again, the first division in Premier League, so does it really count? No, because football started with the 92-93 season. Of course, he's, he's um, revolutionised his game somewhat as Chelsea won the Champions League this year. Um, going a bit more forward than you'd expect, obviously in Tuchel's 3-4-3 three, three, or 3-whatever, three, back three system, 3-4-2-1. Three, he can do that. He gets forward a lot more now as opposed to being this lazy comparison to Claude McAuley, which I can't stand because he's the very different players, even though they occupy similar positions in the pitch. I mean, Edison is a, plays in the same position as Peter Schmeichel, for example. Very different goalkeepers. And um, I think N'Golo Kante's gone on to that next level, um, if that was even possible. And this is why it's so high on the list. Number 13, Branislav Ivanovic. And this man... He scored some ridiculously important goals from centre-back. Of course, the last-minute winner in the Europa League final against Benfica, but goals and performances like those two goals against Liverpool at Anfield when Chelsea were struggling to beat Liverpool at Anfield, struggling to progress beyond them in Europe. He was there. Obviously, he would get flitted from right-back to centre-back. He was a goal-scoring centre-back. It's a shame that he's suspended for the Champions League final. Broke the news to him heartbreakingly. On live on air on Sky Sports by Jeff Shreves, maybe that was the reason why BT Sport came and swooped in for the rights there. But heartbreaking for a man who deserves to have a Champions League medal, and I'd count it for him really because he got them there really in the end. And number twelve, Ashley Cole caught a lot of flack obviously at the time for moving between Arsenal and Chelsea. A lot of players though in this list, as we discussed, have done, but he must feel vindicated by that decision. Now obviously still got a, a position at the Chelsea team in the youth setup, he must feel slightly vindicated at least with he did win a Premier League title Arsenal wouldn't win one of course he that was the only one he would win in 2010 because he came into the squad as Chelsea were double winning champions of the league, a bit like Michael Ballack came in that same summer um, but yeah he might have come in when the Premier League titles dried up but he won countless domestic honours, I think he's won the most FA Cups as a, foot, as a player really, I'm might be level with John Terry, I'm not sure, but he would have won more with Arsenal, so he's probably up there. I think he's won seven FA Cups. And, of course, he was there for the Champions League win, which Arsenal have never done. So he must feel vindicated. One of the better left-backs in Chelsea's history, in my opinion. And another full-back, number 11, Cesar Azpilicueta. I said there was three current Chelsea players. I lied, there's actually four. Here's Azpilicueta, one of the most underrated players you can get. So under the radar, I forgot to put him in at number 11. Affectionately called Dave by his teammates, uh, one of the, one of the more longer-serving Chelsea players in modern history, at least, he would miss out on the 2012 Champions League, missing out like a certain someone in the top ten, which we'll discuss um, in a minute. He signed that summer afterwards, but he would lead the squad to that title nine years later in 2021. Obviously, he's won the lot with Chelsea, the FA Cup, multiple leagues, and he's been a constant in a team of big change, and it shows his. Um, bounce back ability let's say <laughs> he's uh 
Yeah, his endurance, because he looked like he was going out of the squad for Reese James at fullback, but obviously Thomas Tuchel's arrival energised him, re-energised him, because he'd gone to centre-half in the back three, and he looks as good as ever, really. I'm breaking into the top ten, Peter Benetti. Before the money, Chelsea's best ever goalkeeper, and he was one of the more longer-serving Chelsea players in the 60s and 70s. Unfairly, I think, gets remembered for that game in the 1970 World Cup against West Germany, but... At the time, he was one of the best goalkeepers in the land, only behind Gordon Banks for England, which is no mean feat to get beyond him. Like, And he proved it at a top club like Chelsea, won the FA Cup in 70, won the League Cup in 65, won the Cup Winners' Cup in 71, and he was a fantastic goalkeeper to have obviously won all of those trophies. Number nine, John Hollins, played an absolutely ridiculous amount of games for Chelsea. He's their fifth most capped player. And obviously, alongside Bonetti, won all the Cups, the League Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup, the FA Cup, even returned in the 1980s just to get them back into the top flight. So that goes to show how good, how important a player he was to Chelsea. Number eight, Gianfranco Zola. And if this was a podcast in the 90s, which would be impossible, he'd definitely be higher up this list, definitely be there or thereabouts when it comes to Chelsea. Now, in the Cup winning teams of the 90s, Zola was the star of the show for each of those teams it's got the winner in the 98 cup winners cup final you might remember easily one of the greatest premier league imports of his time of the decade and for me probably i'd rank him alongside dennis bergkamp in that respect one of the trickiest number 10s that the premier league had that the world had at the time really and um did it all at chelsea and at stanford bridge one of my favorite players growing up as a neutral anyway and number seven aiden hazard on a par with Gianfranco Zola but because of the stuff that Hazard has won for me I think he has to go above him one of the best players in world football whilst he was at Chelsea unfortunately his time really fits in between the two Champions League wins between 2012 and 2019 his time at Chelsea and um, he did win two Europa Leagues and grabbed one of them by the scruff of the neck in a 4-1 win against Arsenal and um, that was his final game at the club went out with a man of the match in the final fantastic footballer won the PFA Player of the Year and in the Mourinho title winning season 2005 placed second on two other occasions and was quite clearly one of the better players in the Premier League that in the 2010s let's say un- absolutely unstoppable in his peak that goal against Arsenal for example where he just does not know when to say no and score that goal of course the League Cup goal gets a lesser acclaim because it's in the League Cup but that was a superb goal as well wasn't it and number six Peter Osgood and may not have scored the most goals for Chelsea in their history but the amount of important goals that he scored is quite simply ridiculous he might have missed out on the league cup winning squad of 65 which was his first season at the club but by the 1970 FA Cup final he was key he succeeded Tamblin but he had big shoes to fill he definitely did it didn't he and um scored the equaliser in the replay against Leeds thought he'd scored the winner in the 1971 Cup Winners Cup final against Real Madrid but would score the winner in the replay two days later a ridic- absolutely ridiculous goal tally and not as much as some players but the importance of his goals probably ranks above most there's just one man who's still to come you may know his name, you may remember him but first number 5, Ron Harris 
as is affectionately known as Chopper, Ron the Chopper Harris. Um, it's quite simple, the captain through the good times at Chelsea, the 65 League Cup, the 1970 FA Cup, the Cup Winners' Cup in 71, played the most games for Chelsea, 66 more than Bonetti and nearly 80 more than his would-be spiritual successor in John Terry, which is further down the list. And yeah, one of the most important players Chelsea have ever, ever had in their, at the time, most successful period and next number four Petr Cech just missing out on the podium easily the best goalkeeper Chelsea have ever had might be one of the best that the Premier League has seen and to recover from that head injury goes to show the um, the ability of the man and is it any wonder that when he suffered that head injury that Chelsea dropped off and wouldn't as a result win the Premier League for a third time in a row if he did not got injured it would they would have won three t- three leagues in a row I'm sure of that he would return three months after that injury, which is just ridiculous. The resilience of him is mad. He would re- remain the man between the sticks for Chelsea until 2015, of course, which means he's a member of the Champions League winning squad, of course, wins four Premier League titles with England, with uh, Chelsea, rather, and has the most Premier League clean sheets with 202. And probably, whilst he was at Chelsea, for a time, he was the goal- best goalkeeper in the world. Number three, John Terry, Mr. Chelsea himself. The third most Chelsea appearances. His uh, send-off might have been a bit cringy, but that's the mark of how important he was to the club. He's won a lot at Chelsea. Maybe, unlike Roy Keane at Man United, he got into his full kit when uh, Chelsea won the Champions League and he was suspended. Of course, without John Terry, I don't think Chelsea win the Champions League in 2012. They might not even win the Champions League in 2021, I don't think. His impact was so great, and I'm not going to talk about that certain slip in the 2008 Champions League final. Um, two, number two, Didier Drogba. And Drogba, of course, is the man that should have converted that penalty at number five, as he did in 2012. But some things are just meant to be, really. Ended his first part of his Chelsea career by winning the Champions League with that with that fantastic goal in the for the equaliser and the penalty shootout, which finally, if there was one man to win a Champions League for Chelsea after so long of waiting, it would have been Didier Drogba or maybe even our next man. But um, on his day in the Premier League, absolutely unstoppable as a centre-forward. One of the greatest strikers of his time, one of the greatest strikers in Premier League history, suited this Chelsea side to an absolute T. Some of the goals he scored, that one goal against, against Liverpool, he turns and shoots. Phenomenal, um, fantastic, so it's got some very, very important goals, scored the most, probably ranks above Osgood for the amount of final goals he would score, the League Cup final goal against Arsenal, scored plenty of FA Cup final goals um, in 2012 against Liverpool, to name one, um, in the league as well, scored some superb goals, The arguably the title winner in 2010 in that top of the table clash against Man United as well, so you've got to counter that into it as well, but number one has to be Chelsea's all-time record goal scorer, the fourth most appearances for Chelsea, scorer of some of the most crucial goals ever. Scored in finals, won the lot for Chelsea. Frank Lampard. Of course, it had to be, didn't it, really? The the most one-club man who's not a one-club man ever. <laughs> Even though he started his career at West Ham, obviously ended it at, at New York and Man City. But Frank Lampard has everything about him to be a one-club man, a bit like John Terry, really, although he went to Aston Villa, didn't he? Frank Lampard is easily the most important Chelsea player of all time. The goals he scored, the the goal, my favourite goal, is the one against Bayern Munich in the Champions League, in the early days of Chelsea getting good 
to put it bluntly. Um, he was there. He was there then. He was there during the Champions League final in 2012. Scored in the shootout there. Scored in the shootout four years prior, of course. Won the Europa League in 2013. And he was just... You could say skulls, Gerard Lampard, whatever. It doesn't really matter. This is Chelsea and he was the best midfielder they've have ever had. The best player they've ever had. Easily one of the better players that England have ever had. And deserves to be number one at the top of this list. Thank you for listening to that. If you're a Chelsea fan, you've probably got a lot of quibbles, quabbles, squabbles with that one, haven't you? But uh, that's just one man's opinion. One Manchester United supporter's opinion, so it's probably wrong for you. Probably probably wrong for everybody, but those are the 50 greatest Chelsea players ranked. Thank you for listening, and keep your ears peeled on the Sports Social Podcast Network for the Not His Nostalgia podcast tomorrow and episode three of the Barclays. On Friday, I've been Jake from Watsit Football. Thank you for listening. And until next time, see you. Podcast Network.